Say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. It is Wednesday, the 8th of no, September. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And literally, before we rolled up, Will <laughs> was saying how he's done a bunch of press and he's been really underwhelmed yeah. with the lack of technical prowess of the people in Australian media. And then he starts the show by not talking into his microphone. Well, that was as a result of the press that I've done today as well because I've been swapping in and out of microphones. I don't normally record... Right. Like the, the microphone that I record this podcast on is not the microphone that I use for press. And, but I was, I was saying that like, it's actually reassured me that we have a level of competence that is actually pretty similar to a lot of radio stations when it comes to be using this technology. Like I, I've always thought that we were outliers, that we were terrible with technology. We did not know what we're doing, but I'm, I'm starting to think that nobody knows what they're doing. Well, we have rem- you remember that Robbo press conference from uh, earlier in the year with uh, Nathan Buckley? I mean, where we stuck we're in, so we were stuck in the woods or something? Like we're miles ahead of Robbo. <laughs> Best wishes to Robbo, by the way. He's obviously yeah. had some really major, you know, health issues. So I hope he is uh, doing okay. Yeah, I have not been enjoying 360 as much. For all that we've made fun of, Robbo, that was a, such a delicate ecosystem to the, Ger- the Gerald and Robbo relationship. And this is not the same. It's just like when, you know, some um, like a, an actor leaves a sitcom and they yeah. bring in Ashton Kutcher. You're like, eh. I mean, John Cry is fine, <laughs> but it's not the same. I need my Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Robbo, and you know what? There's a lot of similarities between Robbo, Robbo and, and Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Both filled with tiger blood. <laughs> Both hashtag winning. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of winning, what has the last five days been like for you? I mean, what a game. As a neutral supporter, I think, I, look, I didn't see the GWS Bulldogs final of 2016. Um, so it, that was one of the best finals I think I've ever seen. Like even the, the games that the Saints have played in, that was one of the best. Finals. It was so absolutely thrilling. And just when you thought it was done, there was like two more twists in the tail. Take me through it. What what was what was your night like watching that game? How did you go into it? What was your experience? How did you finish? Okay, so I was. I've talked on this podcast a lot uh, before about my often loathing of watching the Bulldogs play live. That I get too nervous. Yeah. But on on Saturday, I didn't have any nerves. I felt like we like we won against Essendon, and that was a good result. Like, I've always thought that this wasn't our season. I just always thought that, like, our demographic is almost there, but there's just a few players that need a couple more seasons. We still need just a couple more players to make. And so all season when it looked like we were playing above where I thought we were playing, I wasn't comfortable with that. That was making me incredibly uncomfortable because I was just like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. And then it kind of leveled out. The bottom boys 
we're in town. And I was like, this feels comfortable. I feel comfortable being a bottom boy. I love being a bottom boy. Yeah. This is my natural habitat, yeah. being a bottom boy. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I was doing a Perth Drive Radio today with Andrew Embley, who is um, going to award the Norm Smith Medal. Um, and it's like their rush hour show over there, right? Like, so it's all sporty chat. So they wanted to talk about the footy and they, they mentioned that like Bevo's teams like being the underdogs. And I almost <laughs> on radio out of context talked about Bevo's bottom boys. <laughs> like I had to really bite my tongue to go, no, I cannot explain this. I cannot say this. I've been waiting for it to go mainstream. I mean, we got Richmondy going mainstream. I was, I'm, I've been, I've seen a lot of Bevo's boys fly, not outside the realm of two guys one cup of verse but i have seen it retweeted enough i'm like well maybe this will catch on uh, do you think like to an outside observer you could put after the initial shock and perhaps disgust at bevo's bottom boys do you think that you could work out how we arrived at that name yeah i i think so and like it, it sounds dirtier than it yeah. is bevo's bottom <laughs> oh, it's boys. very sweet and innocent <laughs> much like the name of this podcast <laughs> You know that Two Guys, One Cup podcast? They're calling the Bevo's Bottom Boys. It's not dirty. That's the weird thing. I mean, Grinder should sponsor our show. We don't. Have, we haven't had a sponsor all year, but Grinder seems like the obvious choice, right? Two Guys, One so, Cup, Bevo's Bottom Boys. I went into Saturday as a bottom boy. Like, we were playing in Brisbane, home crowd in Brisbane. Brisbane finished above us on the ladder. Brisbane are at the point in their evolution where they needed to win it. We didn't need to win it you know we're missing some players like you know mm. we're the bottom boys and so i sat down and i watched that game and at half time i literally said to myself like because i'm in lockdown i'm just by myself so i'd like ordered some food i decided i was going to sit and watch the game and at half time i just wasn't tense at all right that's i was amazing. just really happy like i was like they'd played so well they competed so hard i really was at that point like Oh, well, even if we lose from here, this is good. We won a final. We played well until halftime here. I am very happy with what has gone on here. This is like a good result. Sorry, well, then, I'm so just going to have to pause you a sec. I've left the baby monitor on and Iona is freaking out. Let me just turn the sound down. Okay. Good parenting. Yeah. I'm parenting 101. When the baby's making the noise, just turn the sound monitor down. Hang on. <laughs> And it is okay. Gemma is in there with her. It's not like I'm leaving my daughter to cry on her own in the bedroom. But just so I can hear you properly. So at half time, I am just wrapped. And so when in the third quarter, Brisbane kick ahead and it looks like we're going to lose, I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, you know, I'm actually, yeah, I'm already doing that thing you do as a supporter where you're going like... Rationalizing. Bailey Smith's 20, like Norton's 21. Like we are playing above where we should be with this. Like we're not, there's no one in our team who's going to retire who is one of our like integral and vital, vital players. Like there's not really anyone even in our team of our key position players or any of our key players who will be on the downhill slope as of next year. So that's where I'm at. I'm just like, I'm fully like, no, nah, this was a great season. It's actually absolutely fine. And then... That last quarter, I was just able to enjoy. I didn't get nervous at all. I never really? felt nervous. I just was really able to enjoy watching the game. But don't you get that thing where it's like, well, I didn't think I want it, but now that there's a chance we can get it, now I really want it? Um, well, I didn't. And right. this was the amazing thing. I must say also I'd had an edible. 
I right. did not mention earlier that I, <laughs> that I had okay. also had an edible, <laughs> yeah. which may have contributed Strangely, to some uh, of my calmness and fascination I with what was going on. I had half a bottle on. of Valium and a bottle of whiskey and <laughs> didn't really feel that nervous. <laughs> Michael Jackson's doctor came around and injected me with morphine and, uh, yeah, was very calm through the whole game. Well, uh, like, are you a yeller at the television? Like, yes. I know at games you are absolutely a yeller at everybody yes. that you can possibly yell at. But yeah. if you're watching the game at home by yeah. yourself. So I, I, if you were me yeah. on Saturday oh. night and that was the Saints and you're sitting on the couch by yourself in an empty house... Tell me what that would look like for you. Well, all right. I can give you the exact uh, simile. Round one against the Giants, it was like neck and neck. The last quarter was just a total slog and, you know, the league kept changing back and forth. And this was not even, this is round one, the whole season to, you know, make up for a loss. And I was pacing the room. And then when the ball was in dispute in our back line, Gemma came downstairs to find me hiding behind the couch. I was on all fours behind the couch because I couldn't look. I was so nervous. Yeah, I was... That's normally what I am like. Okay, well, right. Not not about yelling, but by, about the nerves. Oh, right. like I, I'm not like a vocal but supporter. But this was... I was... I was in a zone. Yeah, right. I was. You were at those bottom boys. I was at peace. <laughs> I had. It felt like the natural place for us to be. Yeah, man. Like we were always the bottom boys. We weren't yeah. expected to win that. We, yeah, we had to come from behind to win. That was a good position <laughs> for us to be in as bottom boys. <laughs> you know? So it felt good, right? <laughs> God, it's getting worse. <laughs> Yeah, so, you definitely have to come from behind, and it does feel good. When you're it feels bottom boys. amazing to be a bottom boy, and so like that moment <sighs> where, so there was a couple of moments in that final quarter that were just like amazing. So obviously, there's been a whole bunch of talk about the umpiring, and you know that. Look, I mean, I was I was shocked by that. Like, I can't believe that. I thought there was. I look. I'm not one who like goes to games over umpired or whatever even if it was to my neutral eye it felt like it went both ways there was that deliberate out of bounds against Caleb oh, Daniel Caleb Daniel fucking ridiculous so you can't tell me that like I because I, I looked at some of the examples and it's like okay sure but here's a, another tip fucking kick straight Brisbane like, if you want to win the game, you had plenty of opportunities to kick straight. Dane Zorko kicks it out on the full twice, I think it was. So if you're complaining about the umpires, that's not your issue. It's just like Essendon complaining about the Bulldogs in the first week of finals. It's like, you didn't kick a goal in the fucking second half. That's the issue. That was a bigger issue. Yeah. The umpires may have been an issue, but we're going to rank some issues. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's what I think as well, which yeah. is Brisbane still had plenty of opportunities to win it. And probably should have won it, right? Yeah, that one-on-one so, with Dersma and Charlie Cameron in the back line. I mean, that was amazing. I think that was even bigger than the Bailey Smith goal, to be honest. Oh. Because when you saw him one-on-one -on -one with Charlie in the 50, particularly after how Charlie had played in that first quarter where it looked like he was going to kick 15 goals. Yeah. And, he, and they were playing Country Road by... Uh, John Denver and I was like that motherfucker is lucky he's dead because I would murder him again based on how many times I'm hearing fucking take me home country road now while Charlie Cameron's kick and I this is what I am imagining he's going to kick the goal and I'm going to think country road take me home again but um it was amazing like yeah. he just played that so well in that moment like but even like after Bailey Smith 
kicked his goal and then Zach Bailey like down the other end. I mean, it was just awesome. a spectacular game. Like there Fantastic. was so many good Brisbane players, so many good Bulldogs players, so many good moments on on each side during the game. Yeah. I mean, to me, the the pinnacle, the, the, the peak moment was Caleb Daniel, two minutes after getting penalised for deliberate, that pinpoint oh, pass that, that in the kick. last minute, I Which mean, people are all, trying to say... That is all or nothing, isn't it? Yeah. That is, like, but, in that moment... But the thing is, go, I... I'm going to pull the trigger on something that... Across his be... body, into the support pocket, would be a shot on goal, or at least, you know, they can yeah. lock it up if 30 metres from goal. But you can see what had happened is, obviously, been penalised. It's like, well, I can't... Because in my head, if I was him, I'd be like, well, all right, don't kick it to the boundary line, but kick it 10 metres in from the boundary line, but get it as far away as you can. And he was like... I'm not going to do that because obviously the umpire's on to me now. So that was such a brave kick. And the fact that, the fact that, yeah, it was just amazing. I was so... Well, you could argue in a way that the out of bounds, the deliberate out of bounds probably helped. If your reasoning is right, yeah. that there was at least one bit of his mind that was like, I can't kick it to the boundary because of what happened last time. The fact that he looked inside and pulled the trigger on that might not have happened if it had been... yeah. You know, that decision hadn't gone that other way earlier on. Yeah. I mean, look, if there's one downside about uh, the final, it's uh, sad Chris Fagan. That I did not enjoy. I didn't like seeing him walking around. And you've got to actually wonder now about Brisbane. Three years in a row and they just can't win the finals that matter at home. Like last year on a silver platter, everyone's playing in Brisbane. You're playing the grand final at your home ground. And then it happens again. And then three days after they lose that heartbreaking final, your Brownlow medalist is like, uh, you know what? I'm thinking I want to go back to my ex. I think, okay, so like the Lockie Neal thing feels like a big thing, but I'm not sure he's actually gone yet. I feel like at the moment it's genuinely, I mean, I know everybody wants to like have a side on this and like Caroline Wilson oh, is yeah. She's not on that. remarkably... Not very compassionate about like how uh, it's like Caro doesn't know COVID happened. <laughs> Did you hear <laughs> because, it? Was, you heard her what she said about Tim Membry and Seb Ross when they wanted yeah. to go home to be with their kids. She's like, fuck them. They lost St Kilda a match. It's just like, what are you talking about? Tim Membry was having his first child. He shouldn't go home. Well, from what I understand, his wife wasn't that pregnant. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, you know, obviously Lockie Neal's partner. She had her own business in Western Australia. Quite famously, she's like a hairdresser who built her own business and gave it all up because, you know, he got the job in in Brisbane and went over there. And now she's pregnant. I imagine when you go to a club like Brisbane, part of the arrangement is probably Brisbane going, we'll make sure you get back to your family all the time. We'll fly them over to go to games, like all this sort of stuff. And then COVID happens. You haven't got to see your family in like, you know, 18 months, two years. You don't know what's going to be happening next year in regard to that mm. and your family is in a place that has been barely touched by COVID and has been able to just go about their business for almost all the time yeah like if you're lucky like I mean if if Amy came to me or if Gemma came to you and said like this is I'm about to have a baby and we have an opportunity to be around like family who can help us raise a baby particularly in a time when we you know we might what if we have this baby and we don't get to see its grandparents for yeah, six months or a year or, mm. you know, whatever it is. I, I think it's, to me, I, I'm amazed that Caro and the people like Caro who 
have been so hardline on this can't see that it is a very different world to when Lockie Neal signed that contract, the world we now live in. You know who was a surprising voice of reason was John O. Brown. Like, of all these people, all these ex-footballers teeing off on, on Lockie and I think most unfairly teeing off on his wife. I hate that. It's the same thing that happened with, like, Trelaw last year. It's like, don't bring the partner into it and sort of paint them as some kind of, like, harpy or lady macbeth who's manipulating you know the footballer and he can't make his own decisions like generally mature adults like make decisions together and it's not like one person has some kind of like hypnotic power over the other it's just fucking bullshit but john O'Brien also literally he used to work at that other place yeah <laughs> like you know it's not like she's gone you know what we, i want to raise this kid on mars yeah. we are getting on a rocket with jeff bezos and we are going to mars no they want to go home to where they're from where he met her like you know where her life is mm. i think that is a reasonable thing to at least have a conversation about and it feels like it's not even an ultimatum at this stage it just feels like they've been having that conversation about wanting to be near their family. I mean, would you ever thought that you and John O'Brown have exactly the same opinion on a subject like this? Because you, that's exactly what he was saying is like, he, it's been blown out of proportion. You've got to be compassionate. You know, uh, footballers are human beings as well. And then they like, even Nick revolt was like, if you're going to follow this line of, well, he's got to honor his contract. Or if you're Brisbane, you say to Lockie, can you just give us one more year? If the COVID situation hasn't improved, then sure, we'll look to release you. And so all these things are, these are like reasonable responses. And then you get like your Kane Cornses and your Caro's just fucking going ballistic saying, you should be thrown in jail. Let's tear up his contract and throw him in jail. <laughs> Lock him under the gabba. it feels like at the moment to me, there is definitely room from the way that this seems to have been expressed. It feels like there's definitely room for Brisbane to counter offer and sort of say, hey, Look, we're not going to force you to stay here if you if you can't stay here. But we're in a window. We're, you know, this is an opportunity for you to maybe play in a premiership team. Can you give us one more year? Mm. And if at the end of that year, like we'll do everything we can in next next year to make sure that you're supported and your family and stuff. And at the end of that year, if you still want to go home, you are going to go without absolute blessing and good grace and all those sort of things. I feel like that still could be what happens here yeah i mean I, I i could imagine fag stepping in here like a bit of a bit of like fatherly kind of counsel here you know like maybe fags comes in it's like oh jeez oh jeez oh, oh shucks oh, i don't know about this but just give us a year come on old fags needs this you know three years and we haven't advanced past a prelim oh, come on i reckon he uh, gets them to move in with him yeah he goes old babies here <laughs> So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, right, he'll brilliant. be the chop out. Yeah, it's three men and a baby, but just starring Faith. Yeah. One old coach, <laughs> one old coach and a baby. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the other final will, which was. Oh, can I just oh, say, like, the one thing I wanted to say um, about the end of the Bulldogs thing that we didn't mention was that obviously Waitman won't play um, this week because of the concussion. You'll have to wait, and, man, until the grand final. And. Bontempelli is still a question mark. Obviously, he's it looked really bad at the end of the game. Like there was such a difference. Like Waitman probably knew that he wasn't going to play, and yet he was celebrating as hard as anybody. And Bont was sad. Like that look on his face at the time, I was like, "Oh, hang on, that isn't that that is not a good sign." But it looks like he will probably play. But we're going in with a limping limping captain, and yet another no forward in our forward line. You know what this is, Charlie? 
This is a perfect scenario for Bevo's Bevo's Bottom Boys. boys. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, in my head, I'm like, well, the Bulldogs have played their grand final. Like, Everyone's they, saying, like, this, basically no one this week has made a case for the Bulldogs winning. Everyone's yeah, like, Port Adelaide's fresh. It's in, like, Adelaide. The Bulldogs are currently in Perth. They, they've had to fly from Tasmania to Brisbane to Perth to Adelaide. Like, you know, there's no way the Bulldogs are going to win this. And you know what that is? That's when a bottom boy slips through. <laughs> Isn't this what happened in 2016? You went to dub, you went to Western Australia, then you played yep. Hawthorne, then you flew to Sydney to play GWS. And each time, everyone's like, well, this is where... The fairy tale ends. I mean, it is, they'll play Bont even if he's got one leg. Like, I can't imagine, even if he has done this, as long as it's not his ACL, if it's PCL, he can still play. And I reckon they'll just wrap a bandage on him like Goodsy in 2012. So half a Bont is still, you know, better than most midfielders. Better, better than the full Stefan Martin. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what they've got. Like, cause it is going to be a, such a hostile environment, but yeah. you guys are used to it. This is what the Bulldogs love. This is the this is yeah. what the Scrays are all about. Bottom boys. The bottom boys. I mean, the thing, funny thing is... No I, Ruckman is, a, like, an issue. I mean, English was actually really fantastic in the second half, I thought. Yeah. But, I mean, we it looked like we were just going to get completely torn apart by them because... You know, obviously, we don't have a Ruckman. I mean, you have a very, like, a growing injury list, and Port have virtually no injuries. Like, it's, you could not get two more polar opposites, but this They're is the, spoiled for choice. Yeah. Like, there's a debate this week about which of their gun-informed players they're going to have to leave out for balance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think this is perfect. It plays right into the bottom boys' hands. All the pressure will be on Port. It's the home crowd. Like, they've got everything to lose. And once again, the thing is... I and believe- I know that everybody talks about how good Port are. Like, and I get that because I was so good last week. Like, mm. And they've had that week off. And like, they would be absolute favourites to win this game. But as a Bulldogs fan, you know when you look for signs where you're like, do we have a chance to win this? Can we win this game? Well, we lost to them by three points like two weeks ago. And we, we played terribly. And... We beat them earlier in the season. So, yeah, we can beat them. Mm. Like, absolutely, we can beat them. Yeah, I think once I was the one who coined the Bevo's bottom boys, and that was sort of like half-joking that, you know, what can the Bulldogs do from the bottom half of the eight? And then I didn't even tip you guys last week. So I've got to go back to what my heart was originally telling me, which is like, yeah, you guys, as long as you're the underdogs, like what you don't want to – it would be interesting to see if there was a grand final, if you guys won, yeah. and it, would you be the underdogs no matter who you faced in the grand final, Geelong or Melbourne? Yep. You would. Absolutely. Yep. So this is, you're going to win the flag then, <laughs> according to the Bevo, the laws, the, the law of the Bevo's uh, bottom Bevo's boys. Bevo's bottom boys. Well, congratulations. At least one more week of Bevo's bottom boys. Second That's flag in five years. That's fantastic. How exciting for you. <laughs> it would be great if... Like on grand final day, if the Bulldogs did make it, like and if the Bulldogs, you know, did well enough that they actually won the thing. Um, and Bevo just like, you know, because Bevo always has a theme and he goes over to the whiteboard and he reveals it and it just says, Bevo's bottom boys. <laughs> Everyone's like, fucking what? <laughs> uh, let's talk about the other game. Uh, we've got a lot to get through this week. I've got a, a fair bit of, um, uh, I've got a few articles to read. So we'll just quickly okay. talk about the Geelong GWS game. Not a lot of surprises in that match, unfortunately. I was really hoping that GWS would uh, 
throw up another upset. But in the end, I think that, you know, they they did what you thought the Bulldogs were going to do. They put in a bit of a, a showing for the first quarter and then it just, just got away from them. Geelong are just too polished an outfit. Um, now, I believe there's a certain player you wanted to talk about. Yes, uh, Reese Stanley. Mm. Now, I was watching AFL 360 on uh, Monday night, and then I thought, you know what? Your team won on the weekend, Will. You should also watch The Couch. So I'm watching The, the Couch. The Couch. Is that what they call on it? On The Couch. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Nick Rewalt is on uh, The Couch, and Nick Rewalt starts talking about Reese Stanley. So do you have the article I in do. front of you? I do have here. Um, Geelong Ruckman Reece Stanley faces the most important game of his career on Friday, according to an ex-teammate, with a chance to end all the doubts about him. While he struggled in the qualifying final loss to Port, Stanley has shown very impressive form in his 12th AFL season. Against the Giants in the semifinals, Stanley had 19 disposals and outworked veteran opponent Shane Mumford, who retired, by the way. Uh, Vale sausages, we barely knew ye. <laughs> Oh, no, we knew you. Oh, we knew you. <laughs> <laughs> While he was tremendous in the final round loss to Melbourne. He went straight to Nadia Battelle's place, apparently. <laughs> up, do you think he saw that video of Nadia Battelle? He's like, what the fuck is that shit? Come on. Come on. It's not even anyone chanting sausage. <laughs> that would have been, if that video had come out and it was Nadia Battelle and all her mates and someone in the background was chanting sausage, sausage, sausage that would have been the perfect footy video. Up until three-quarter time of that defeat, Stanley was the fourth best player on the ground according to champion data. Uh, however, his opponent, Max Gorn, was the second best player in the term and kicked the winning goal. It went to the common refrain around Stanley that he's too inconsistent to be an elite ruckman despite his talent. St Kilda great Nick Revolt, a former teammate of Stanley, said the preliminary final against the Demons was massive for the ruckman. Quote, Both players played really well in round 23, but you could call it a draw almost outside of the last play of the game where Max was able to get them across the line, said Rewalt. This is the most important game of his career. All the noise, all the commentary that has surrounded Reese for a long time, mainly due to you, Nick. Yeah, the- <laughs> well, that's what I want to, like, this is, because I watched this live, and this was what was happening, because you've never seen somebody look like they're praising somebody while all the time just kind of digging them at the same time. There'd be this, like, you know, he played pretty well in the first game. And you're like, oh, this is fantastic, Rui. You're on Reece Stanley's side. He goes, yeah, you could call it a draw. I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on. Like, he goes, well, apart from those last two minutes where he fucked it up completely. And you're like, oh, come on. Like one second ago. And then that, honestly, that turn where he says, this is his, this is his moment to silence the doubters. And I'm like, you are the fucking doubters, <laughs> mate. And you cannot be silenced. He continues, we've all seen glimpses. <laughs> that's a backhanded compliment if you ever heard one and yeah that's it, what he called him oh mate glimpses and if he can pull together uh, pull one together and do similarly what he did in round 23 outside of that last play <laughs> he can put a lot of that stuff to rest Brisbane champion John O'Brown loved what he just saw just don't mention it don't mention the last play like you've already <laughs> mentioned the last play just um uh, Gary Lyon said, uh, when the game was turned around in the last quarter at GMHBA, he planted himself behind the footy. So maybe you say, he's talking about Max Gorn. Okay, Reese, you're side by side with Max Gorn now. Nick Revolt replied, 
I promise you, he's a better athlete than Max Gorn. Yep. Reese Stanley is one of the best athletes, athletes I've ever seen. Yep. <laughs> Strength, running ability. So what it becomes then is the concentration. And hey, are you up for the fight? Because athletically, he can go with Max anywhere. I mean, the negging that was going oh, on in this moment. It's so where he's just on. Like never has anyone been damned. <laughs> With such praise because he's basically saying this guy has everything you need to be the best AFL player of all time. So what's the problem? That's essentially like paraphrasing what he said in his autobiography. Like Reece Stanley was one of the most frustrating players I've ever worked with. He had all the tools to be a champion, but he just didn't want it, want it enough. Or he didn't work hard enough. I mean, it's gonna he's gonna make it his mission. Like, where does this end? What is Rui's end game? What does is it just to drive Reese into retirement? Or what does he want from this? What if okay, All right. here's a hypothetical scenario for okay. the finals. Geelong win on the weekend, and then uh, Geelong go on and they win the grand final against Port Adelaide. And Reese Stanley beats Port Adelaide's pretty Scott decent uh, you know, ruck division. They got a lot of big People and he just like rucks all day, absolutely dominates, wins the Norm Smith medal, mm. and then he does a Mark Williams where he yeah. <laughs> like, he goes Nick Rewalt, he like does the hanging motion with his Norm Smith. I mean, what would it be like? What so Rui's Rui's big knock on him is that he's got all the attributes. Mm. So do you reckon he just like rips off his shirt and does like push ups and then does some high knee <laughs> running on the spot? Does a backflip or something like that to show, yeah, Nick, I've got all the athletic prowess and now I've also got a brown low. <laughs> Does a bunch of burpees on the podium. Uh, now, Will, you might remember at the start of the season, we gave our tips. Oh, yeah. Well, a listener, Conrad, has oh, uh, emailed oh, in. This is, this is great. <laughs> this is great. To say, hey guys, I've captured your ladder predictions at the start of the season. Who did better? This is great. I should have been able to compare each other's team's final position with predicted position lowest total wins. But I had to work out how to score predictions like uh, the West Coast Eagles could finish fourth to sixth, Charlie. (laughs) Or top four, possibly top two, Port Adelaide, Will. (laughs) Or no prediction, Collingwood, both of you. I eventually went for an average of the range selected. For four to six, use five. For five to eight, use 6.5. For no prediction, use a 9.5. And top four, possibly two, I used (laughs) 2.25. Will doesn't get to score an accurate prediction while he's still hedging. Okay, that makes sense. Perhaps predictions should be weighted so that a precise prediction is worth more towards a winning range than a prediction. So hang on, let me read it again. Perhaps predictions should be weighted so that a precise prediction is worth more. All right, so if we actually picked okay. an, a spot, we yeah. got more points for if it you than said, the range. If you said fourth, you get more credit than if you said Wonderful. somewhere between second and eighth. <laughs> <laughs> but you both used ranges and skipped a couple of clubs. <laughs> so yeah. this should even out in the end. Perhaps I didn't make any ladder predictions so I can score 81. We'll come back to that later. Who made the worst predictions? That would be Charlie, who put Richmond at the top of the ladder. Oh, my God. A whole 11 places away from their final position. I mean, here's what I would say, though. Saying that the 
previous year's Premier and the team that had won three out of the last four might also finish up the top wasn't the most outlandish of all predictions. No, and I probably was not the only person to say that either. Uh, beyond that, your worst predictions were only eight away. Uh, Melbourne for Will, Melbourne and Sydney for Charlie. Melbourne was your worst combined underestimation. Fuck, I think it was maybe the combat. But anyone who listens to this show knows that we underestimate Melbourne. And Gold Coast was your worst combined overestimation. You were both caught up in disappointment and the Matt Rowell hype. Yeah. Whose team let you down the most? Well, for Charlie, that would be the Saints, <laughs> who he predicted would finish top four. Fucking hell. Fair enough. I never tip against Sydney. And Will put the Bulldogs at the top of the ladder. Oh, well, that's all right. In the end, Will was only out by four, but Charlie was out by 7.5. The only perfect placings were Will putting Freo at 11th and Charlie putting North last. Well, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> the easiest of all the predictions. You both did well at the bottom of the ladder, placing Hawthorne North and Adelaide down there. You also both rated Port close to their finishing position. And the overall scores. Will wins with a total difference of six point, uh, 60.25 compared to Charlie with a difference of 81.5. I said I'd come back to my default score of 81. Charlie did slightly worse than if he hadn't made any predictions at all. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the- <laughs> that just sums up this show perfectly, doesn't it? It's worse for having been said. <laughs> That's definitely a product of my simple scoring system, but it wouldn't be an issue if you could do the impossible and rank the teams from one to 18. Love the show. Keep doing everything you do. Well, thank you, Conrad. That was excellent. Um, thank you, mate. That is... That is mate. <laughs> I can't believe my worse. I could have said nothing. It would have been if better. If you just said nothing, you would have come out slightly better. Oh, man. Uh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations, Will. I feel like um, uh, you should win some award. I don't know, like the two guys. Well, we can't. The two guys won cup. Cup is for Hawthorne. Uh, Hawthorne, St Kilda versus Bulldogs. Um, but what's this? This is like the. It's got to be some other trophy. Can we award the? What it, we could call it the Conrad. I mean, he went to the yeah. trouble of uh, putting this together every year. The winner of it's the like tips, the Brownlow, is the Charles Brownlow Medal, right? Yeah. So. We'll call it the Conrad, the Conrad yeah. Medal. I mean, I, I've got his surname here, but maybe he doesn't want. No, Conrad's fine. The Conrad, the Conrad fine. Medal, the Rad. Who's taking home Conrad? Who's taking home the Raddy? Yeah, the Raddy. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to this week's pocket profile. How are you feeling? How, are you feeling intuitive? I don't know. I feel like I've this podcast might have peaked <laughs> with that last segment, <laughs> realizing that if you just done nothing, you would have done slightly. Oh my god, it's so heartbreaking. But not really. Uh, okay, that no. All right, I'm in. Okay, so um, where are we going? Well, this is uh, from a listener. Uh, sorry, scrub his name. This is from Nathan, who has sent a bunch in. So we've read a few of Nathan's before. We yep. did um, uh, 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 Mason Cox from here before, and Mark Blitzarves. But he's got. Uh, he sent in an old one of uh, Nick Natnui, which I thought oh. could be fun to read. But I can't yeah. tell what year this is from. But I'm going to say it's about four years old. So there's going to be some answers that have dated a little bit. But for most of the non-football related stuff, I think it's 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 good insight into right. the man. Favorite the comedian Louis C.K. Where does he have favorite comedian? 
No, there's no favorite comedian or what makes you laugh. So I think you're okay. All right. So let's get into this. Sorry, my computer's just... Stop doing that. All right. Okay. Nickname. Nick Nat. Okay. I'm going to give you a clue on this. So one word to describe yourself. Now, the word, one word he's described himself is absolutely true. And he's the only person at the West Coast Eagles who could describe himself in this way. Only current listed player at the West Coast Eagles who described himself this way. Um, what oh. is something about Nick Natanui that is inarguably true that only he possesses at West Coast Eagles? Uh, he has a... No. <laughs> <laughs> he is? He, complete the sentence. Nick, Nat, Nick Natanui is... <laughs> I know what the game is. It's always complete the sentence. That's literally Nick Natanui is is it's a little bit he is uh, about this. Um Um Okay. Uh I'm trying to think of another famous product that could uh, give you a hint. Okay, it's a, um, if you were to drink a famous brand of water, bottled water. Uh-huh. Naive. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Natanui is naive. I'm sure he's not the only, no. There is a, there is a very trendy bottled water brand that also could describe Nick Natanui. Um, he is Mount Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> he is Fijian. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. I, I was, yeah, you were literally saying yeah. he is Fijian. Yeah, That's okay. what I was saying. It's the one thing you inarguable yes. about him. No, that does make sense. Okay. So again, once again, once you know the answer, it's a great question. Uh, who was your favorite player to watch growing up? Uh, famous Eagle. Uh, an Eagle who was very popular, is popularly, popularly referred to on Sportsman's Nights. Oh, um, in fact, I think you and I went to one of those grand final breakfasts and someone told a joke about this, this person, yeah. about this West Coast Eagles. Yeah. Legend. And it's less about who this guy's personality is and more to do with his name. Uh, oh, Dean Cox. Dean Cox. He <laughs> <laughs> would have been great in the bottom boys. It's a shame. <laughs> uh, who has the most influence on your career? Who had the most influence on your career? Sorry, um, collect. He names a collective. His family. No. Oh. Um, More related to his career. Uh, his coaches. His junior coaches. Who has been your toughest individual opponent? Uh, former Port Adelaide ruckman, now an assistant yeah. coach at St Kilda. Oh. Um. Adelaide Ruckman. You know, all the kids in American Pie just wanted to be this. Wanted, by the end of the film, they just wanted wanted this to be this. 
Um, oh, oh, laid. You laid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brendan fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know that guy. They played for Port Adelaide. <laughs> Brendan Piefucker. <laughs> uh, who is the player most likely to fall asleep at a team meeting? Oh. I believe he is a cousin or he's a relation of Bradley and Stephen. Uh, well, okay. So Hill, someone yeah. Hill. If you're, if he was joking about, you might say he was. Uh, Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Who is the thriftiest player at your club? Um, this guy, I don't believe plays there anymore. Had a mm. twin brother who played at the Pies and a couple seasons at the Saints. No, don't know. His twin brother was Nathan Brown. Uh, uh, someone else Brown. Mitchell, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Mitchell Brown. Um, who is going to be the next big thing at your club? <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, Willie Rioli. No. You might say he's a bit of a hacksaw, Jim. (laughs) Do you know your 80s WWF wrestlers? (laughs) Not enough to Uh, understand this clue, no. uh, Liam Duggan. Do you know hacksaw Jim Duggan? (laughs) No, clearly not. I don't also really know much about Liam Duggan, no, which means that he's probably not going to be the next big thing at the club. Who, what's the smartest thing you've ever been told? Now, this is not anything you'll ever be able to guess, but um, I'll give you a hint. So, the uh, how, how about we play blankety blanks? Yep. Okay. If you want to blank as much as you want to blank then you'll be successful. <laughs> Do you want that again? <laughs> if you uh, want to blank as much as you want to blank, then you'll be successful. <laughs> if you want to work? No. If you want to wank? <laughs> yes. If you want to succeed, if you want to yes. achieve. No, if you want to succeed, correct, is the first blank. If you want to succeed as much as you want to... Uh, blank. <laughs> <laughs> or as I call it, succeed <laughs> out of the end of my penis. <laughs> if you want to succeed as much as you want to, you'll be successful. Um, what's a what's a what's a what's a, a motor function? <laughs> what's something you do unconsciously? You don't even have to think about it. Breathe. Breathe. If you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. But that's a dumb saying because no one wants to breathe. You just breathe. You just have to breathe. Yeah, it's more like if you want to succeed as much as you want to shit. Because you, sometimes you really want to shit. You know what I'm talking like- about. Like, even the laziest of people still breathe. Yeah. Like, it is bare minimum. Like, it's rare that I think there is historically many cases of people just, like, being so lazy they didn't breathe anymore and dying. If you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? Fiji. Correct. Do you have any strange phobias? Hmm, This is... 
I mean, it's 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 it is a specific phobia. It has to do with Australian fauna, and not insects or snakes. So that does that include spiders? No, 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 yeah, no, no, no arachnids yeah. or insects. It's an animal. It's something Australia, you're scared of. It's scared, scared of like a, an Australian yeah. animal, an, an iconic Australian animal. Koalas. No. <laughs> that would be funny though. It makes sense because he kind of looks like a palm tree. You know, imagine like a, a koala might try and climb him and give him syphilis. Um, um, quokkas. <laughs> he went to Rottnest one time and he got attacked by quokkas. No, I could imagine this. Uh, these are kind of, they're not intimidating animals, but they're odd. Possums. No, they're big. It's not a crocodile or anything, but it's just, it could, it could definitely, it could hurt you, I reckon. And emu. Emus. Doesn't like emus. How do you feel about emus? Eh, indifferent. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what is your can't miss TV show? Um, I imagine that when ex-teammate Daniel Kerr turned up in court this week, he was wearing one of these. Um, suits. Suits. What's your favorite cartoon as a kid? Um, um, hey, eighties action hero. <laughs> hey, eighties action movie star. <laughs> hey, um, former governor of California. <laughs> yeah, so hey, uh, uh, Arnold. Uh, hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. That's Arnold. It. It's called Hey Arnold. The hey, show, Arnold. Yeah, the show is called Hey Arnold. If you were to choose another career, what would it be? Uh, he named another uh, another sport. Basketball. Basketball, NBA player. What do you normally eat for breakfast? Hmm. Uh, pretty common. Pretty common breakfast. Uh, a breakfast dish, this. And like, go super generic. Don't give me, you have to give me a brand. Just give me a cereal. cereal. And what does he have it with? That someone from Fiji might like to have on their, on their cereal, I imagine. Um, it's a tropical sort of tropical fruit yeah of some kind a coconut coconut no what would his last meal be <sighs> it's a pasta poison, poison. <laughs> um, uh, so spaghetti bolognese oh wow yeah that's exactly really it. yeah oh good <clears throat> what's your favourite holiday destination PJ. No. Um, in the Mediterranean. Oh. Um, I think it's the Mediterranean. Yeah. Spain. You no, know, no. Um, uh, Bevo's Bottom Boys uh, probably started here. <laughs> <laughs> what? I believe they um, were pioneers of uh, being uh, Bottom Boys. <laughs> Greece, Greece, Santorini, Greece. Um, wouldn't it be great if you found out that not only was it the birthplace of civilization, but Greece was also where teams would win premierships from the bottom <laughs> half of whatever the final qualifying system was. Uh, in the movie of your life, who do you expect to be played by? Um, a dual Oscar winning actor. Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> Come on, mate. Come on. 
Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Denzel, correct. Tom um, Hanks was a joke answer. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just thought. I, I, was just... I, don't, I, don't, I can't see you at the moment. So. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> okay, what are your three essential items? So I'll give you clues. So one is an object. Two are food items. And the two food items are also racist tropes to do with African-Americans. Oh, as in eating that food is a racist trope. Yeah. So it's like a like fried chicken of one, some kind. Yep, that's the one. And there's another one? Yeah, there's another racist trope. Oh, oh this is a dangerous area. <laughs> <laughs> like, we start. Will knows a lot of I don't, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> immediately being able to name a whole bunch of things that are like if I say watermelon, is that the correct answer that's or correct. is that like racist? Yeah. No, no. That's correct. One hundred percent correct. And then um the last thing is an object, which you would imagine Matt Rao would probably take with him as well. Uh, football. football. What is the most useless thing that you've bought? Oh boy. He's not a reader, Will. He's not a reader? Not a reader. So he would have no need for this. Um, It's the most useless thing he bought. He's not a reader, so he has no use for his uh, Kindle. No, more simple than that. More more analog. Um, uh, but like a book, yeah, a book? the book. What 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 do people when they're reading books? What do they often need? They need their eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> glasses. Useless reading glasses. No, um, I think there was even a range of bookshops that were, or at least there's an there's an online bookshop that is named after this thing that has to do with books. What are some book related items? It's not, you know um, what? It's also, it's a book-related item. Bookmark? Bookmark. A bookmark. Yeah, he doesn't need a bookmark. You know what, though? Is that because he doesn't read or because he just reads the books so voraciously he finishes them in one sitting? Yeah, you've uh, judged him, yeah. but he might be saying, he goes, so once I start, I cannot put you it You know down. what? Maybe, like, the the guy interviewing him, he was like, I'm going to just, like, put out some bait to see if this guy's a racist. I'm going to say that I eat watermelon <laughs> and... You know, so if he just writes it down, yeah, but also like, yeah, yeah fried chicken and bookmark. watermelon. Oh, mate. because you don't read books, no, mate, because I read them all in one sitting. <laughs> uh, what was his best subject at school? Which seems to back up our theory. His best uh, subject, English. English. And what is the? Well, he's big... written books, Nick Nadan. That's right. So I think he would be a reader. So he doesn't, or maybe he just reads kids' books, and so he finishes them real easy. I mean, if you were putting a bookmark in a kid's book, then you've got to have a look at what's going on in your life. Final question. Which big ticket sporting event would you love to attend? The NBA. No, the other one that they always say. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Well, I don't think you know Nick Nat Nui at all. Oh, no, I think I did okay. Did you? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of lucky guesses. Yeah, I mean, this is all just lucky guesses. I don't know what you think any of this is any week. Every week it is just lucky or unlucky guesses. I I think the ones you did best at were the racist tropes, and I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god! It's like, is this the moment we get cancelled? Now, well, before we get to our mailbag, let's remind people that after the grand final, uh, the day after the grand final, in fact, we're going to be doing our traditional post grand final uh, show with the guys from Junk Time, but we're going to be doing it on Zoom like we did last year, and it was great fun last year. We had uh, who? Had Dave Thornton, Waleed. Um, do we have other guests as well? I can't remember. I felt like we had more, but maybe it's just because we had all those people watching us. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I mean, last year feels like nine years ago. It does. And I think it was Waleed who actually talked me into Richmond finishing on top of the ladder. So I blame him for my <laughs> terrible tips this year. And you can read Charlie's article about that on the Daily Mail tomorrow. <laughs> Why I blame Waleed for my shit here. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but it'll be really good fun. Yeah, so I'm going to um, put a, I'll put a link in the episode description. So all you have to do if you're on uh, Apple Music or whatever it is is just go and um, oh, sorry, the Apple Podcast app is scroll down, hit the link, and that'll take you to Try Booking where you can get your tickets. I think we've sold half or a third of the tickets already, and they're only going to get sell out faster as we get to the grand final. So get yours today. Um, it genuinely is a lot of fun, and uh, we may even hear from a certain Frenchman. Um, because it is being played in WA and he's got connections over there. It's a shame that he wasn't asked to present the Norm Smith, um, but I'm sure he have a lot to say about that the day after the grand final. I mean, I was disappointed that it wasn't Mark Lacroix who's handed over the Norm Smith. Do you think it was that video he recorded the day after the grand final, or is it here it is, you can't <laughs> That maybe it's ruled him out of... No, I wanted him to recreate that moment. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> They say, and with the Norm Smith medal, Mark Lacroix, and he just goes, here it is, you cunts. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we always put a message out on uh, two guys one at two guys one cup afl on twitter if you want to ask us a question you can also find us at two guys one cup afl on instagram and every thursday afternoon around 5 p.m we give our tips last week was a bit of a, a clusterfuck wasn't it we just could not get the instagram working i did test turned it out some other people were having issues with that as well it wasn't just us as in other people were doing instagram lives yeah, there was random accounts and stuff that were like going down on Instagram around oh. that time, apparently. So, okay. Do we should be yeah. worried about that? Is that like Huawei or, or something like that getting involved? Uh, taking yeah, our details? I mean, probably, but what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, every, so tomorrow, or to, what did I say tomorrow? Thursday afternoon, 5 p.m. on Instagram Live. So just go to at two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram at 5 p.m. and you can see Will and I in the video giving our tips it won't take long so we'll be sure to pat it out with lots of other stuff um, and you can also have to go to tofop.com to check out another great podcast will does one called philosophy who's on this week will uh suren jayamana who is a uh, like really funny uh stand-up comedian and uh he works with me on question any uh, question everything i couldn't even remember the name, <laughs> the name of your own show, show. Uh, question everything, which is uh, on ABC iView if you want to check that out. But Seren is one of the writers for that and he's very funny and he has a very interesting story. So that is a good one to check out. Who was on Fofop this week? Uh, Claire Tonti, who's one of the founders of Planet Broadcasting. You might know their show, The Weekly Planet, which is one of the best movie, comic book and TV show podcasts going around. And she's excellent. Had such a great chat with her. She was a, a primary school teacher up until four years ago and now she's the CEO of a podcast network. So if you want to hear how that journey happened you can listen to fofop and then of course there is tofop our other show which is just like this with slightly less football chat in which we do a deep dive on donda 
Kanye's new album. I don't really know much about Kanye or Donda. Will takes me through it. It's horrifying. Well, I mean, when I when you say I take you through it, I mean I read you read an article you, basically. <laughs> All right, let's get to the mailbag. Uh, this is from yes. Spielbergian. Which Jew is the best? Port Jew, Hawks Jew, Suns Jew, Mountain Jew, or Morning Jew? Uh, Hawks Jew, I reckon, just for that um, that third quarter in two thousand and eight. Yeah, although but Port Jew was dating Teresa Palmer. Mm. So that was a pretty good Jew. I mean, Gold Coast Jew. He's the most lovable. But also, you never know. You never know what happens next year with Gold Coast. There might be more to the story. To be continued. Ah, yeah. TBC. When Alistair Clarkson boots him out halfway through the year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to end well, but I'm still hoping it will. LBD says, will Nat Fife know who Bob Murphy is or mistake him for the new janitor? (laughs) (laughs) I could see Bob Murphy and Nat Fife becoming good mates in the same way that Bob Murphy and Nick Revolt kind of get on. Like Bob, I can't see Bob Murphy not getting on with anyone, but particularly like a, a weird cat like Nat Five. I saw when Bob had his talk show, Bob, I think he went and interviewed Nat Five and they both sat barefoot on his bar stools eating Vegemite toast and it was adorable. 100% I can see that being the brand new AFL bromance. Like, because I think that like for Nat Five, like Bob's older, he's been there, he's done it, but he's respected for things beyond the game, which is exactly what, you know, Nat wants to be as well. I think that would be like, yeah, and like the great thing for Nat is he always knows he's a bit younger and a bit better looking and a bit taller and a bit fitter and whatever, which is I think also important to Nat. Yeah, won't feel Nat doesn't secure. actually. Yeah, I, I mean he wants to be with someone who challenges him as an equal, but, but doesn't he overshadow. still wants to. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Bob going to Frio? Oh, I mean it sounds fun. Like Garlo's <laughs> been like Garlo's been over there running. Yeah, you know, there's that place. Like heaps of ex ex bulldogs over there. Yeah, so there's a bunch of ex-Bulldogs, all of, like, kind of my generation, because they were the ones that I was, like, most friendly with, you know, mm. like, hung out with socially with. And um, when I heard that, like, Garlo's running the joint, Frio's going well. Like, Western Australia is just an absolute, you know, del- I mean, imagine just living at Fremantle, yeah. working at the Fremantle Football Club with a bunch of your old mates and just, like, you know, building something really successful, but with a bunch of friends and like going to the beach every day and just yeah. living in. I was like, can I come? <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> tell some like... jokes. <laughs> uh, JW wants to know, is it poetic justice for the team that Will has put his belief in all season to be the side that extinguishes mm-hmm. Will's dog's dreams to 21, 2021? Ultimate showdown between faith and love would be for the sixth consecutive season that the overarching storyline for Two Guys, One Cup has led to a premiership win. Hmm, that is um, true, right? That's interesting. Yeah. You you will, maybe subconsciously, you write a theme. Like, you know how every season of a TV show, there's generally like a thematic arc? And you introduce a theme every episode that leads to a flag. Like, well, there was, there was Richmondy and then there was Reverse the Curse. And, and now there's love versus belief or faith versus love this is amazing do you know you've been doing that yeah, <laughs> you're like that, yeah absolutely this you're, is all part of my cunning plan you're like m night Shyamalan in the lady of the water you're like the writer who's gonna save mankind no i feel like this game to me is a win-win honestly because again i feel like if the bulldogs as long as we compete well like 
you walk away from this season, I'm, I'm happy. This was a progression. We won two finals. As long as we like represent ourselves well, I think that's a win. Like, obviously, I would love us to win. That, that is a bonus. But if Port Adelaide win, like, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see Port Adelaide play in the grand final. And I would be interested to see Port Adelaide go up against whoever, like Geelong or Melbourne, if that ended up being the game in the grand final. I'd be happy to see both of those games. Uh, Giant Davey wants to know, if the dogs can't win it, would you prefer to lose a prelim or a granny? Prelim. No, I've never lost. I've lost prelims. Right. I've never lost a granny. Ugh, that's the worst. No, 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 no. We won. We won one, Charlie. I'm. I'm happy forever. Oh. I've already resigned myself to the fact oh. that I'm happy forever. <laughs> Nothing can change that from now on. This is all just bonus content, oh. right? This is the re-release. <laughs> so, like, I would be interested in like seeing what it feels like to lose a grand final. No, I'm not. I would like us to win. <laughs> but I would like us... To, no, I'd love us to get to the grand final. It'd be great. The question... All right. So he's saying, the question is, though, what could you tolerate more? A prelim... Uh, a, or to, tolerate less? A prelim loss or a grand final loss? You're saying equal. I mean, I actually think I'd still prefer to make the grand final even if we lost. Okay. Lee wants to know, in the history of your clubs, what do you think are the biggest achievements and their biggest mistake? Well, the biggest achievement would have to be a flag. And the biggest mistake... Oh, man, where do you want to start? We've got heaps of mistakes. Um, in recent history... Well, moving to Seaford was a huge fucking disaster. Yeah. Hiring Scott Waters. Not not signing up Ross Lyon for a longer ch- contract when he wanted it. And getting hiring Scott Waters. Not drafting Christian Petrarca. We got a bunch. I've got one achievement in 66 and a bunch of mistakes after that. Yeah. Look, I mean, 2016 is obviously always going to be their greatest achievement. Um, Worst things? I mean, again, there's a lot. I don't don't want to get into it all right now. The immediate one that comes to mind is Acker. But, you know, there are plenty. Uh, Josh wants to know, what are your thoughts on WA-only Grand Final Entertainment and who's your pick? A lot of good bands come out of WA. you obviously got yeah. Tame Impala, Empire of the Sun, Jebediah, Eskimo Joe. I reckon, I don't know, who's the worst entertainer to come out of Western? I reckon take one of those oh. personalities you get at the telethon at 3 a.m. and make them the Grand Final Entertainment. Some no. guy with an acoustic guitar. Three words. Yes, he can bring his acoustic guitar, but I've got three words for yeah. you. Western what? Australia's finest, Kevin Bloody Wilson. Is he from Western Australia? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's oh from Kalgoorlie. God. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, Katie wants to know, if you were a desperate interstate Bulldogs, Cats, Demons, or Power fan, what would you recommend is the best way to sneak past into WA's rabbit-proof fence? Um... Well, not to say you went at Eddie Maguire's kids. I tried, someone tried that. did not work. Um, what would be the best way? Uh, compassionate Grounds doesn't cut it anymore. You have to say you're a... Well, a friend of mine managed to get across the border from New South Wales to uh, Queensland by... He has horse, worked as a courier. Right? He was on the back of a horse? No, he had a courier, li- <laughs> a, a courier license. He said he was a courier. Yeah. So I think that would be the best way to say you're a essential worker in moving van or food delivery or something like that. Catering truck. You're delivering pies 
to the grand final. That would be my. Tip. I mean, they're letting truck drivers in. Yeah, that's uh, like because famously, some of them brought COVID into Western Australia. People are still driving trucks in, so yeah. all you've got to do is hang out yourself. at a truck stop, <laughs> hang out yeah. at a truck stop bathroom, <laughs> got to linger at a truck stop and say, "Blow I'm some go to WA truck grand final. <laughs> I'll do anything for Bevo's bottom boys." Uh, hey. He said, "Well, lucky. <laughs> this is your lucky day." Hayden wants to know how many players have you heard of in the Suns' best and fairest top 10? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Well, I know that Ben King did not make the top 10. Really? He kicked 47 goals or something this season and didn't make the top 10 at the Gold Coast. So took one, clearly, right? Yeah. Uh, Suns' best and fairest. Yeah, so took one by a lot, I think. Well, you'd have to. And that, But I know that Ben King didn't make... Like, Ben King was only like... 10 goals off the Norm Smith. Okay, here we go. Top 10. Best not the, and off the, off the fucking not, not the Norm Smith. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, the Coleman. The Coleman medal. Okay, so Adelaide, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Okay, so Tick Miller came at number one. No him. Um, Will Powell at number two. Oh, fuck. They're making me pay or sign up to read this article. Oh, no. Well, you don't want fuck to do it. that. No. Who's Will Powell? We got, we got two in. <laughs> do you know who Will Powell is? Uh, Will Powell. No, absolutely not. You know what who position? I have heard of? Ben King. <laughs> yeah, and Tuke Miller. Uh, okay, here we go. Tuke Miller, Will Powell, uh, David Swallow. I know him. He came in okay. third. Sam Collins, I think, is a defender. Mm-hmm. Charlie Charlie Ballard is a forward. Uh, he's like a second, like a tall forward. Heard of him. Brandon Ellis, ex-Tiger. You know who I have heard of who's a tall forward who plays there? Ben King. Ben King. King, 47 goals. Sean Lemons came in seventh. You know what? The Suns are fucked up here. Ben King's coming straight to the Saints now. Couldn't even finish top 10. You know what the Saints should do? Have you guys already had your best and fairest? No, you should just like week. get him in the top 10 of yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just put him in. Just go. You know what? Hello. We had that kind of year where he probably would finish top 10 in our best and fairest. We can't find enough players to finish our top 10, so we start bringing other players from other clubs in. Uh, Sean Lemons, number seven. Noah Anderson, number eight. I've heard of him. Nick Holman. And who is the most boring player in the league? Uh, oh, uh, Jack Lukosius. Jack Lukosius runs at the top 10. Um, do you think Nat Fife knows who Lockie Neal, what Lockie Neal's name is? Yes. He's a fellow Brownlow medalist. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's on, uh, similar to the Bob thing, right? On, yeah. lo- on the level without overshadowing. Um, the fact that terrorism is the reason the Grand Final Parade in Perth will be ticketed and in a stadium, what happened to tradition? Yeah, I didn't really follow that. So what's the deal? They're not having the parade because they're scared of terrorism? Yeah, well, so here's the thing. It's the 20-year anniversary of 9-11. Right. Right? And I think everywhere all over the world is just a little on alert about the fact that, I mean, I'm not sure that terrorists like recognize anniversaries. <laughs> like there's been a whole <laughs> bunch of terrorists sitting around going, what are we going to do for its 20th? You know, but obviously when there's large crowds gathered together and there, there must be some sort of intel about, you know, anyway. So yes, they've had to be, put extra security. Uh, Matt he- Matt wants to know what is AFL I'm in Sydney is it an Adelaide or a Perth thing I'll check it out <laughs> <laughs> that's good um, Mitty wants to know what are the chances of disappointing trending t- sometime in the next fortnight I don't know man the D's look pretty bloody good I mean but if they did lose it would be disappointing hashtag disappointing 
Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll give our tips tomorrow. But. Um, this is a great uh, Twitter handle, Jamie Lee Coitus. <laughs> what's an alternative to getting a lick of the ice cream why do commentators say this it makes me think of eager tongues straining to share a communal dairy treat it's disgusting fair suck of the sav lick of the ice cream um, I hate lick of the ice cream I he's like, getting his lick of the ice cream I like it. particularly in these COVID times the idea that everyone's gathered around the ice cream one ice cream and everyone's like getting a lick at a time is just so gross Peter says, I've realized recently that Mayor Quimby reminds me of Eddie Maguire, that any other Simpsons characters that remind me of AFL, we've done that. I'm sure we've done the Simpsons and AFL a billion times. Um, Jeremy says, given the grand finals in WA this year, what are your thoughts on mandating that one player from each team must don a curly blonde wig for the entirety yeah. of them? Absolutely. <laughs> I think. 100% I Well, is Mitch Wallace in, is in your starting 22 at the moment? Because you've got one. Mitch yeah, Wallace's well, Western Well, we're Australian keeping hair. him fresh in Western <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Just there, in case. I mean, who who's in the most amount of trouble? Because Geelong have got some blonde, like, you know, you could say that um, Guthrie, He, you know, it's not, you could perm his hair. And Melbourne have got Hunt. So you could sort of say, I think oh, yeah, Port are in the most amount of trouble. They don't have one. They're all like hard nut, like skinheads and dark hair. I can't think of any blondes that, at Port, who's the who's the who's got the Western Australian hair in that group? I mean, no one's coming to mind. No one. Well, I mean, you could do the opposite though. You could wig up on someone, <laughs> yeah, like Charlie. If, Charlie <laughs> Dixon just gets a curly, <laughs> like Dermot Burton in the late eighties perm wig. Uh, Luke wants to know: the Lions were robbed by three Victorians in fluoro green, with one outcome on their mind: a dog's victory. Discuss. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, mate. They couldn't kick straight. That's the problem. Could not kick straight and got no heart. That's the issue with the alliance. I mean, the, the Bulldogs like got a better run with the umpires, but it wasn't what decided the game. Um, MT says, if it's Bevo's bottom, bottom, if it's Bevo's bontless bottom boys, do we have a chance? I think it just adds to the bloody mistake, mate. I think you do. I think you do. Yeah. Because like the storyline would be, like without Bont and Pally, because obviously my mind raced through a million scenarios. <laughs> like, and I was like, what's the positive story here? Like, and Trelaw had a bit of a shocker. He's been played out of position and he hasn't really like got back into form. And I was like, oh, well, maybe this is the storyline. Bont, we're without like Bont and Pally. This is a bottom boy storyline. We're without like our Potentio Brownlow medalist, M AFL MVP, our captain with a knee, much like, you know, Bob, in 2016, and then suddenly Adam Trelaw has to go into the middle and plays like the best game that he's ever played at the Bulldogs, like oh, stepping into Bont's shoes. So great. Like, that would be awesome. But I, to be honest, I'd I just, you know, on the flip of a coin, I'd say, can we have Bont play? <laughs> Uh, Alex, our final question is, well, not us, uh, this, is, uh, this is more of a statement than a question. <laughs> Now that Bob has joined Freo alongside Matthew Boyd and Simon Garlic, should Dogs fans consider Fremantle to now be an outpost uh, out the west of the Western Bulldogs, perhaps our beach house when we want, foot, when we want to leave Footscray for some R&R? &R, how else can the Dogs further take over the Dockers? And then someone said, don't forget Brad Weir and Daniel Hardgraves now. So was Daniel Hardgraves, are they two ex-Bulldogs, Weir and Hardgraves, or is that the other way around? Daniel Hargraves uh, no, sounds familiar. That way. So that's um, Bulldogs gone so, to WA. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, okay. There's four of them there. 
Bloody hell. Um, yeah, I like this idea. I'm into it. Like, because also, if that is our beach house, like, our mate who has the beach house, he's got a helicopter. I was going to say. Like, yeah, it's cool. You're not fighting traffic. No, Perth, this is... Peak hour. I mean, I, I, I'm really thinking that Fremantle might be my second team next year. Just based on this. <laughs> this is the bomb factor. This is why they've hired him, man. Yeah, like, smart. this is how... Like, Bulldogs fans, we are so enthrall of the mystique of Bob Murphy that we're just like, all right, well, I guess Fremantle are our second team now. Makes sense. That's cool. All right. That is two guys, one cup for this week. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, awkwardly and fumbly, uh, we do our tips on a Thursday afternoon on Instagram Live at two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram. But for now, play on, not 15. We're bold. We are two guys, one cup.